Shalom. This is Reverend John Ferret, and welcome to Torah Nuggets, lesson, or Torah Nuggets 14, lesson 8, on the Lord's Prayer. Now, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, verse by verse, line by line, putting the verses back into their historical context. Now, in this lesson, we're going to focus in on the next phrase, and quoting from the New American Standard Bible, that's Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, just as an aside, the English Standard Version, another popular version of the Bible, basically has Matthew 6, 12 identical to the New American Standard. Now, when you go to the NIV and the King James, the NIV and the King James, they have translated this verse exactly the same, slightly different. And we read, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The word also is not in there. Now, when you go to the Living Bible, Living Bible has this translation of Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our sins just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Now what's fascinating here is in the Living Bible, they're using the word sins and not debts. Let's we'll take a look at that. Now when we go to Luke's version, Luke has his version in chapter 11 of his gospel, if you take a look at the King James Version or the New American Standard, matter of fact, both of them are identical. The Luke Version of Matthew 6.12 is, And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone indebted to us. Isn't that interesting? Because here Luke is using the word sins instead of debts, but it's talking about people who are indebted to us, not have sinned against us or are debtors. Let's take a look at this a little bit. When you look at Matthew 6.12, the Greek word for debt is aphilima. And the Strong's number is G3783. And when you go into Thayer's Greek lexicon, definitely it means debt something that is owed, or what is owed. But, as in Thayer's Greek's lexicon, it says this word, aphilima, is also used for sin. Interesting, but it seems like what Thayer's is saying to us is, in most cases, it is used for debt. Now, Thayer's Greek lexicon helps us also by showing us the Hebrew words in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament from Hebrew to Greek. And Thayer's Greek lexicon says that aphilima comes from a number of Hebrew words, but one in particular is hov, H2326, this is Strong's number. And hov can mean debt, or sin, or debt from sin. So this is interesting because if we look at the Greek word that is used in Matthew 
aphilima. It seems as if in Thayer's Greek lexicon, and going back to the Hebrew, debt is probably the proper word, or, and debtors. Forgive, our, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When we go to Luke, the word there is not aphilima, but is amartias. Amartias is G266. And the Greek lexicon, the Thayer's Greek lexicon says this can't stand for sins or the penalty resulting of sins or a bad deed. So in here in Luke, a specific Greek word is used that has the implication of sins, but it's very interesting because it can mean the penalty of sins. Again, with the help of Thayer's Greek lexicon, we can go to the Hebrew in the Septuagint, and uh, amartias actually translates the word chata'at from the Hebrew, H2403, and chata'at is a sin, uh, it's a penalty, or something that which is owed. So when we go back to the Hebrew, we get the impression that it could be sin, but it seems as if in the Hebrew culture, it's more the debt or the penalty resulting of sin. Dr. Brad Young, and again, I have mentioned him before in previous sessions. He is a highly credible uh, Bible scholar. He has an article on the Lord's Prayer at Jerusalem Perspective. Once again, I've linked you to that article. But remember, Jerusalem Perspective is a pay site. Jerusalem perspective is Jewish and Christian scholars, Jewish non-Christian scholars, uh, and Christian scholars, and some Jewish Christians who are scholars. And at Jerusalem perspective, this is called the School of the Synoptic Gospel. So we're emphasizing Matthew and Mark and Luke. So he's got his article there, and if you want to access these articles, it's a dollars fee on an annual basis. But if you're serious about the Bible, I highly recommend that you access and get a membership to Jerusalem Perspective. Uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles of the Synoptic Gospels and putting it back into the historical context, the Hebrew culture uh, of Jesus's day. So Dr. Young in his article he shows from the Hebrew culture that debtors are sinners. And we see this in the Jerusalem Talmud. The quote is, We are obliged to praise your name, our king, for each drop of rain that you send to us. For you do good to debtors. Dr. Young is pointing out that that word debtors here from the Jerusalem Talmud is the Hebrew word ha-yavim, which is the plural of the word hov. Hov, again, is sin or debt. Ha-yavim is the plural. And again, the word there is one who is obligated, one who owes, a debtor. However, the word is used differently in another place in Hebrew literature. This is the book of Ben Sirah. 
You might know it as an, a book of the Apocrypha, the book of Sirach. And in chapter 8, verse 5 of the book of Sirach, do not reproach a person who repents of wrongdoing. Remember, we are all sinners. So here, the Jewish translators are translating the word Hayavayim, and Hayavayim is the word that's used in Sirach chapter 8, verse 5. And Hayavayim has been translated by the Jewish translators as sinners in Sirach 8, 5. However, it's translated as debtors in the Jerusalem Talmud. So again, in the Jewish culture, what Dr. Young is trying to show us is that debtors and sinners, these are synonymous in the Hebrew culture. Dr. Brad Young, his opinion is, he believes that we should probably use the word debt and debtors in Matthew 6.12, because he seems to think that debt or a debtor is more inclusive than sin because debt will also include a failure in relationships or a moral lack of behavior. So in Luke's version, we read, And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And it's in Luke's version, it seems like we see this synonymous relationship between the word sinners and debtors and sin and debt. So conclusion... We're going to use debt and debtors, that which is old, or the penalty of sin. Now, this is interesting to me, because when we go into the New Testament and we talk about debt or the penalty that is part of sin, I'm going to take a look at three verses, and I believe debt and debtors is probably a better choice. For example... In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, we read, For you have been bought with a price, therefore, therefore glorify God in your body. Or how about this one? 1 Timothy 2.6, He who gave himself up as a ransom. In other words, there was a price upon us that had to be paid and Jesus was the ransom. Or, go to Acts 20, verses 28. Be on guard, Paul says, for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he, God, purchased with his own blood. And again, what we have is bought, ransomed, and purchased. And that relates to a debt owed, or a debt resulting from sin. Something has to be paid. And here we find that Jesus bought us, he was a ransom for us, and God purchased us with his own blood. Now this, this is really fascinating. In Acts 20, verse 28, you would expect to read Acts 20, 28 this way. Be on your guard for, yours, for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which Jesus purchased with his own blood. But it's not there. Because the phrase there is, to shepherd the church of God, which he, God, purchased 
with his own blood. And even in context with the verses before and after, Jesus' name is not used. God purchased us. Well, this is quite simply, Paul believes that Jesus is God. We can remember in John 14, starting in verse 7, Jesus is talking to Philip, and he said, Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So if we see Jesus, we see the Father. If we see the Father, we see Jesus. If God has purchased us with his own blood, Jesus is God. And when we consider another verse, Isaiah 49, 24, 25, and 26. Can the prey be taken from the mighty man? Or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? Surely, thus says the Lord, even the captives of a mighty man will be taken away, and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. For I will contend with, with the one who contends with you, and I will save your sons. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh, and they will become drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. The Greek or the Hebrew word for Redeemer is the one who pays the price, the one who pays the ransom, the one who pays the debt. God is our Redeemer. Jesus is God. Jesus is our Redeemer. And the debt that we owe because of our sin is paid. So once again, we go take a look. The Greek words, taking it back to the Hebrew and the Septuagint, looking at the Hebrew words that would be used that help us understand how they might be viewing these verses in Jesus' day. We're letting Scripture interpret Scripture, but we're also taking a look at the Jewish culture. Can we see that debt and sin, debts and sins, and debtors and sinners were interchangeable words? So, indeed, when we look at this, it seems as if the choice of the word debt and debtors in Matthew 6.12 seems to make sense. Our Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In light of the culture, in light of the Bible. Now, returning to the Living Bible, the Living Bible also helps us with another perspective on this verse. Now remember, in the Living Bible, it says this for Matthew 6.12, Forgive our debts just as we have forgiven those in debt to us. Notice the phrase, just as. This implies in the same way. So Jesus is teaching us the following. We should forgive our debtors or those who have sinned against us just in the same way we expect God to forgive us. That's the meaning. And matter of fact, when we take a look, whether it's the New American Standard or the ESV or the King James or the Living Bible, that's exactly what's going on. We want God to totally forgive us. Thus, we should do the same. We should totally forgive. So this brings up a question. 
if we do not totally forgive those who have sinned against us, if we do not totally forgive our debtors, is it then true that God will not totally forgive us? Now that's an awesome and frightening thing to think about. Let's take a look at a parable of Jesus. In Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with the slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children and all that he had, and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So this fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I've had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. And here's Jesus' final statement regarding this parable. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now when we combine this parable with Matthew 6.12, the, the connection is too obvious. Remember, in Luke in chapter 11, it was a disciple who came to Jesus and asked Jesus, how can we pray? So it seems as if what's happening here is Jesus is saying, as his disciples, this is a characteristic of a true Christian. This is a characteristic of a true disciple. We forgive totally as a true disciple because we expect God to do the same for us. Now this comes back to a previous lesson. This is uh, Truth Nugget 6, Lesson 1. And I've entitled that one, Pray Like the Rabbi. I've linked that lesson uh, in the description of this lesson at the website lightamenorah.org, www.lightamenorah.org. So if you're listening on uh, another podcast channel or another podcast service, you can come back to www.lightamenorah.org and you can uh, find this lesson 
and you'll see the link to Torah Nugget 6, Lesson 1, to pray like the rabbi. And in that lesson, we talked about, again, like I said, that disciple, in Luke chapter 11, he sees Jesus praying. Now remember, in that culture, a disciple of a rabbi, he wants to be like their rabbi. He wants to imitate his actions. He wants to teach his interpretations of the Torah and the Bible. He wants to go in his rabbi's name. So this disciple of Jesus, he's asking, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I want to be like you. Teach me, Jesus, how you pray so I can be like you. Now, when we understand this, Matthew 6.12 even goes deeper. Jesus gave us this prayer. It was his prayer. It was the Lord's prayer. Adonai in Hebrew, the prayer of the Lord. But he gave it to his Talmudim. He gave it to his disciples. He gave it to us. It is our prayer as well. It becomes the prayer of the disciples. Hatafila Talmudim. So, Matthew 6.12, for a true disciple, perhaps is saying this, Father, may I be a true disciple. May I be like your son, like Jesus. He forgave us totally. So too, Abba. May we forgive others totally so that we can be totally forgiven. Help us, Father, to be true disciples. I'm indebted to Ray Vanderland, a renowned Bible teacher who teaches the Bible in context, and he has many, many videos of teaching the Bible in context and on location. The videos are in Israel, and they're in Turkey, they're in Jordan, they're in the Sinai, they're in Egypt. And I remember when I was with Ray on a Bible study tour, and I'm indebted to him because he taught this view of a certain Bible event when we were at the Sea of Galilee. We were at the traditional hill of the Hill of Beatitudes, and it was quite an amazing commentary. And really, it was this event. And so, like I said, I'm indebted to Ray Vanderland for this perspective. And he too was teaching us. He says, remember Peter? He sees Jesus walking on the water. And Peter asked Jesus if he could come out and come to him. And Jesus said, come on. Peter wanted to be like his rabbi. He sees Jesus walking on water, and the passion in him to be like his rabbi. He said, wait a minute, my rabbi's doing this. I want to be like him. This is Ray's view, and it agrees with the culture. So he gets out. He starts walking on water, but he gets scared. He's frightened about the waves and the wind, and he starts sinking. He cries out to Jesus. Jesus grabs Peter's hand. And saves Peter before he, he sinks and perhaps drowns. But Jesus said to Peter, Why did you doubt? The interesting thing is, and this was the emphasis that Ray made there. Doubt who? Jesus is still standing there. Peter wasn't doubting Jesus. 
Peter was doubting himself. He doubted he could be a true disciple, one just like his rabbi. Matthew 6, 12. Father, may you forgive our debts. May you forgive our sins, just in the same way that we have forgiven our debtors or those who have sinned against us. Jesus, we want to be your true disciples. You totally forgave us. You totally paid the debt, the debt that we owe because of our sin. Help us, Jesus. Totally forgive, so we are totally forgiven. And as our rabbi, as Rabbi Jesus, we too want to say that as you, Jesus, totally forgave our debts, we so much want to be true disciples, to be like you, so that we would totally forgive our debtors, just like you. For me, the Lord's Prayer, as we put it back into its historical context, the Lord's Prayer, as we put it back into the Jewish culture of 2,000 years ago, has become unbelievably awesome. I hope it is becoming that way for you. So I'll see you in the next lesson. And until then, Shalom. Shalom.